It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Welcome back to Beyond the Building. We are excited to share with you episode five in this journey with Peaches and David. We're so excited you have joined us this month. We hope you've been learning a lot. It's been fun for Laura and I as we've been sharing uh, we are focusing this month in the heat of summer on the process of canning peaches and looking at the lessons we learn there and equating them also into the life of David as we study God's word. Uh, if we learn it's a process, Laura, right? God is less concerned about the final product in our lives and he's more concerned about how we handle getting there. So we've been thankful that you've been with us this whole time. We've been encouraging you if you have been doing anything with peaches, uh, whether it's just eating them like you would normally eat a peach or making some fabulous desserts, we would love to see what you've been doing. You can email us or uh, email us at beyondwomensconference at gmail.com or you can post pictures on our Facebook page. It's just kind of fun to do this together. Uh, but it has been a month of learning how the the Kiever, and my mom's name is March Khan, how the Kievers and Khans can peaches to make what we call liquid gold. And truly they are liquid gold. They take a lot of time and a lot of effort, a lot of uh, standing straight on your sore back and working hard with your hands to get this liquid gold, but it is worth it. Everything in your life that is has value is gonna, it's gonna take some effort on your part. Going to take perseverance and and following what God has outlined in, his, in the Word of God about how to get there, and so we have had a great journey with David as he went from being a shepherd to a king. And today we're going to actually focus, Laura, on the end of David's life. What? How did he finish? You know. So this is going to be an exciting, um, exciting finale to the peaches as well as to David. Absolutely. You know, we've talked about David and gone through his journey all the way from when he was a shepherd out in the field to this point today. And, and last week, what we really looked at was while David experienced a tremendous number of challenges in his life, all of those challenges, which we equated to the peach process, right, of the cutting and cutting the bruises out and being chosen in the times of waiting, all of those steps led him to a place of victory. Now, sadly, last week we talked about the fact that in that victory, David took his eyes off the Lord and and had an incident with Bathsheba and Uriah, and he ended up in a place he did not want to be. But what we took away from that was the fact that there are still places in our lives that need to be cleaned up, right? Last week, you told us, Debbie, that cleaning the rim of the jar before you put the lid on the jar was the most important part of the process. And it, and was, so, la it was last <laughs> week. <laughs> and so last week we referred to the fact, that it, and truly it is, it is an extremely important uh part of our process is to have those things cleaned away that would keep everything from being sealed correctly uh, the way that God has intended us to be. So last week we really reflected on David and how he was uh, humbled, right? But he got back on his feet. He confessed his sins to the Lord. More of what was in him that needed to come out was taken out through the conviction and the, the cleansing power of the Lord, uh, really a, a beautiful picture of these peaches where we left them last time. And now as we go into uh, the final step of the canning process today. 
You know, if you are just joining us today, I would just encourage you to go back to week one and, and begin to listen all the way through because truly you don't, you're not going to understand as much of what we're talking about, the significance of these different uh, examples, unless you start at the beginning. We've always said no shortcuts, right? No shortcuts. Right. And so if you're joining us today, no shortcuts, go back and mm -hmm. step one and go all the way through. Um, but today is the final step. And I will say that there is a step that we're going to talk about today that involves heat. That is the most important step because I've been consistently <laughs> saying that every week. But I'll tell you something. Each one of those important steps has something to do with cleaning, with being purified, with removing what doesn't need to be there. I mean, if you remember, Laura, uh, several weeks ago, we talked about when we bring those peaches, they're still whole. They're, they've got some bruising on on sides of some of the peaches and it promotes these brown spots. You cut the brown spots out. It's very visible to the eye. Uh, it doesn't taste terrible, but it's not as sweet as the, the, the healthy peach tissue. So you're something that's visible to the eye you're removing. And then you're cutting that out. Then last week we talked about the importance of uh, keeping everything clean around the rim of the jar. These, again, these are things that I can see partially. Sometimes it's a little tiny piece of peach um, skin or a little bit of the meat of the peach or it's the clear um, juice that we cook our peaches in. So some of it is what you can see, some of it what you can't, but all of it is going to make a difference in the way that the, the processing, uh, processing of the uh, sealing the lid down is going to take place. So you got to clean again, but again, you're cleaning some things you can see, some things you can't. Today these jars that are all cleaned and lids are on we stick them back into this big canning pot for about 20 30 minutes depending on the size of the jar you're using and again they are superheated in this boiling water for like let's say half an hour why are we doing that well there are microorganisms inside the peaches and the juice and before you go ugh, you know <laughs> It's, we eat them, right? When we eat the peach, yes. we eat them. So, But the, the difference is when you eat a peach, you're just eating it right off the tree and it, you know, it's getting digested quickly. You're talking about wanting to seal something up for months, even years. And so the things that are not seen, these little microorganisms, if they get sealed alive in these uh, jars, you won't know anything for a while but they will destroy the peaches on the inside. And gosh, that would be the most awful feeling to eat peaches seven months from now that have live microorganisms because you know they grow. They That's don't right. just stay their same size. So this final heating is now dealing with the things deep inside the peach that we don't see. If that doesn't preach, mm. I don't know what would. Absolutely, Debbie. You know, as you were saying that, I just kept reflecting back to the fact that in our lives, we can go back to a couple of weeks ago. You know, there are things in our lives that God cuts out as, as the bruises, and then he cleans up the rim on the things that, you know, we go from these places in life where maybe we need those bruises cut out, and we have those places that are emotional hurts or, or places that we've fallen, and then we go into these other places, the next step where God purifies us and takes away wrong thinking and takes away wrong actions and wrong heart intents is in that process of, of dealing with the top of the jar, you know, and, and things that we, like you just said, things that we still can see, but God needs to deal with until we finally get to this place where the Lord is just 
cleaning up even those things that we have no idea would make a lasting negative impact in our lives. I think that's a key too. Sometimes even the things that we can see, right, big or small, we may think they're good for a season. Like you just said, the microorganisms would be fine if you ate the peach now. Right. We think it may be good for a season, but if the Lord sees and he knows that this thing is not good for you in the future or in that season, he's going to cut it off. I mean, think about this. This thought just came to me. These little microorganisms that we don't see that we need to deal with right now. If we don't deal with them in these cans of peaches and I give this can of peaches to my children. Wow. And, and don't tell them. Wow. Whether I'm aware of it or not. Now, my children are reaping that. It's not a benefit, right? They're That's reaping, right. That's they're right. reaping, reaping something negative that I caused. That's right. So in my life, if there are, if I'm not cooperating with the Holy Spirit, when he is trying to bring to the surface so that I will deal with sins, right? Attitudes or, or behaviors that are harmful that just go against what God wants. And I don't deal with them. The Bible is so clear that the sins of the parents, yep, they go to their, their children and their children's children. Yep. But the blessing, if we deal with them, we, we get rid of some of those sins of our, you know, what we are dealing with ourselves, our children and our children's children are blessed. That's so right. boy, that just, that just came to me. It makes me want to make sure that I have those lids on well and that I don't cook these final process for 10 minutes, do it for 30 minutes and kill yep. those buggers. Absolutely. And even when you when you shared that, we can ask ourselves sometimes when we're going through these difficult seasons, the cutting or the cleaning, um, or even these times where things are being brought to the surface that we don't even know are there, we can ask ourselves, those things don't feel good, right? right. And it's, it's easy sometimes in those situations where God is cutting away or cleaning the rim, we can say, like, God, are you really in control here? Because if you were in control, I wouldn't be going through X, right? Or why are you allowing me to go through this? But what we can't see sometimes when we're in the minute of the, in the actual moment that we're living in that canning process, right? We can't see that there is a purpose in everything that God does or everything that he allows, right? He is doing something to refine us, to purify us, to bring us closer to his son, and also, like you said, to pass down a holy lineage, a holy line to our children. But God, even in those dark, challenging times when we don't understand what is going on, regardless of what step we're on, he is always in control, even when we can't feel it. The final product that he is working toward may be, like in David's life, 17 years away, 22 right. years away, not until you're on the throne, not until you're even on your deathbed. We don't know what the final product is going to take us to, but nothing that he allows us to go through is wasted. We can't look at anything in our lives and say, why that God, that must have been a wasted season. If it's a, if we think it's a wasted season, it's because our eyes are not open to what he's doing, or we haven't seen the fruit yet, and we got to trust what he's doing. Uh, he has his eye on the final goal, and the final goal for us is the calling that he has on our lives, and he knows the direction and the path and what it's going to take to get us there. If he were to just tell us the final call, I am, or me, the final call on my life, I am very sure that my uh, journey to that destination would not be the journey that God would have set up for me, but I would have missed all of the joy along the way. It's through the hard that we grow 
that we are formed, that we change, and that we develop into who he's called us to be. And some of that heating and pressure that we go through in these difficult times, you know, reveal those secret sins that have to rise to the surface that we may not even be aware of. That's so true. You know, there's a se- you talk about seasons. There's a final season for the peaches. Well, at least the step that's right before putting on my ice cream. That, <laughs> that's the most important that's part. That's the most important. That's thing. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's a, when you remove these cans, these jars that have now cooked for 30 minutes, your microorganisms are gone. They're dead. And I take them, I put them on towels, thick towels on top of my island. And they are in a season of just kind of settling in and waiting. Now, this isn't that long waiting of earlier uh, in the month we talked about. This is a waiting that as the jars are cooling, the there's a vacuum seal and it pulls that lid down um, out of uh, out of like that loose position that had been in earlier. And so mom and I get excited. I think I shared the last podcast that we get excited every time there's this popping sound. It's it's another <laughs> can, another jar that's um, sealing down. It has a little yeah. snapping sound. But there's this is the time where you also are looking for those that don't seal, mm-hmm. whether it was by my own inattention to cleaning the rim or sometimes just certain jars were a little bit more full and the juices bubble up and they prevent the sealing. You have to actually start over again and clean the rim and, and reprocess it. It's not the end of the world. Usually we have one or two that need extra attention. But, you know, when we're settling in in a season after the heat, you you still feel the heat residual, right? Like these jars take a while to cool down. It's, it's exhausting when you're coming out of an experience that's been a trial. You don't just wake up on Monday morning and snap out of bed and go, well, I just feel bright and bushy-tailed today. Exactly. And, you know, there's some residual feeling and emotions, and it takes you a little bit of time to recover. And you're processing, what did I just walk through? Yep. And so it's at that time that we want to seal the lessons that God spoke to us in the heat and in the pressure. Now, you and I are both big journalers. Yep. We have journaled for years, right? My, I, I am very transparent in my journals. Mm-hmm. Very, very open. My dad used to say this little um, nursery rhyme, which I, I want to just put it in my will for my children. And it says, <laughs> now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I die before I wake, please throw all my journals in the lake. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're... They're so they're so private. They're so personal. Yeah, and yeah. and what I've done is, you know, David journaled his way through his caves, mm-hmm. you know, through the dancing in the street because he was worshiping God, and through the I'm running for my life and I'm confused and I'm angry. He journaled his way through, and God will reveal things to you about Himself in the dark places that you will only hear in the dark places. Yep. And you don't want to forget when when life starts to turn around and, you know, it's like, I don't want to forget when I'm eating the peaches in January, how much, how much work it took to make them. That's right. So, so slow down as That's you're right. eating, like, you know, savor those bites. I start thinking about the importance of sealing lessons in my life by journaling in the moment. But then when I'm coming out of it to go back through my journal and to begin to write down, God, look at all the ways you were faithful. Amen. Look at how you preserved my life. Look at how you protected me. 
and I like to write extra notes. I mean, we've all had recipes, right, where we actually, like the paper recipe, the recipe boxes, which I think are going out the window. Yeah, yeah. But, but I, we all had the recipe someone gave us, and then we wrote extra notes. Yes, you know, yes. Don't forget this. This is something yes. I learned the hard way. Do this again. And I really think that personally we learn better. We just learn better by revisiting what we learned in the hard. Yep. And, and David really at the end of his life, uh, he had some time of reflection because he had quite a life to reflect on. He really did. And Debbie, I think it's also important to recognize that this is a step in the process of canning and it's okay to have this step in the process to allow yourself time to reflect back and think back. And like you just said, I think that many times we put pressure on ourselves to just immediately bounce back because we're believers and we have faith. And so we are going to just put that trial behind us or put that, that grief behind us. And we're going to move on because we can do all things. Right. And I think we have to give ourselves permission to, to go through these experiences and these emotions before, during, and after. And then, like you just said, take the time to reflect. It's not a waste of time. It's not a wasted time. It's a time that is going to serve a great purpose. Um, so I think that's important to say too. But yeah, David at the end of his life, I mean, he would have looked back and and wow, wow. If David could have written his story, he probably was looking at that and going, wasn't expecting that and wasn't expecting that and wasn't expecting that. Good, bad, and ugly, right? He was he would have looked back and said, Wow, God, what you've done in my life. But in 2 Samuel 22 and then the first few verses of 23. We hear uh, David saying his his last words, and and we all know how significant the last words of an individual are. You know, Jesus's last words, telling telling us to go and make disciples, and that is a a a monumental uh, thing to hear somebody's last words. And so David is recapping his lifetime, recapping who God is to him in this passage. And as we just love the word of God, Deb, and I know that you have taught many, many times on the names of God. I love the fact that David goes back in this in this passage to praising God for who he is, right? And he calls him his rock, and he calls him his refuge, and his shield, and his savior. Like, this is where David's final thoughts go back to, who God was in all of it. You know, he was his rock, the one he turned to all the time. He was his refuge, the one he hid under. He was his shield in all those battles, and he was his savior. He may have been even reflecting back to the times that God redeemed him from the pit, like with Bathsheba, right? You saved me from all of these things, even saved me from myself. So in his final in his final uh, thoughts, he's really reflecting back and saying, God, this is who you are, and you are so powerful, and you display your powers in the heavens so beautifully through what you've created, and yet with all the power that you have, and with all of the things that you created, like, you chose me to lead Israel. So really, his, his final thoughts kind of go to this, God is so magnificent, and I am so humble, almost back to that psalm that says, you know, who is man that you're mindful of him? Like he keeps everything in the right perspective there and humbly just says, wow, I cannot believe God that you chose me, your servant to lead Israel. But there's a key verse here in uh, 23, 2 Samuel 23, 5, and, and this is powerful. David says, as he's reflecting on all of these things, at the very end, he says, if my house were not right with God, Surely he would not have made with me an everlasting covenant, arranged and secured in every part. Surely he would not bring to fruition my salvation and grant me my every desire. That is 
huge, Deb, if my house were not right. We know what I really appreciate about David. He says this, but Laura, not long after this, he messes up again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, honestly, it makes me feel a little better. <laughs> These things do. That I'm for glad sure. that when I wake up in heaven one day, I'll be done the cleaning process. Absolutely. But even David, after this, reflecting on who God had been and the importance of having your house right in right relationship with God, he was still human. Yep. And he still struggled. He, he blew it again. Absolutely. And you know, I think this also gives us, like you just said, uh, a lot of grace in our lives as we go through this, because David, and as he's looking back on his lifetime in these words and saying, if his house wasn't right, like, God, thank you for keeping my house right. And the desire of his heart was always to have his house right. But then he did fall back into something again. In 2 Samuel 24, you know, just shortly after this, David now really is toward his last days. And he tells his army commander, uh, Joab, to take a census to count all of the men in the army, all of his military men, as an act that really demonstrated that he had greater confidence in his numbers and the number of men than he did in the hand of the Lord. You know, and this act, this one act, angered God and judgment was brought upon not just David, not just his house, right? It was brought on the whole nation of Israel. And, and thousands of people died in a plague that was sent uh, to the nation because of, because of this sin. But what happened along the way in the process is David wasn't the same individual he was how many years prior, right? When he had his issue with Bathsheba, Nathan the prophet had to come and reveal what had happened before David recognized that he needed to repent, put it behind him, and, and keep going. Here, David is quick to confess his sin and ask God for forgiveness. He accepted the punishment. Unfortunately, thousands did die due to the plague, but he showed God that his heart was soft and he would respond to God's correction. If we could just be like that, mm -hmm. where we, I know that I'm not going to do it right all the time. I know that I'm not, but let me be faster than ever Amen. to make it right. You know, to, to heed the Holy Spirit's prompting, go, go make that right. That was, that was not cool what you just did. That's right. You know, I think that is a person after God's own heart where your desire is to be in right relationship with God. Yep. You know, not it's not changing the fact that you're his child, but there's this harmony that's disrupted yep. by our sin. And that's really what it means to be a person after God's own heart. It doesn't mean you're perfect. It means that you're longing to, to be able to walk in a holy manner, in a righteous yep. manner. And so uh, what a great lesson from, from David. This reminds me of the final process of the uh, peaches and Aside from eating them, this is truly the final process. Now, now, what I want you to imagine is mom and I have been up for about six hours working on these peaches, and, you know, we're tired, our backs are sore, our hands are sticky, and honestly, at this point, I have no desire to eat peaches. I'm just, <laughs> I'm so done. I'm so done with it. So these jars take a couple hours to really cool down because they're crazy hot, and the challenge is you can't just stick them in your, your boxes and put them in the basement yet. There's mm. one final stop that's really important. You see, when you're cooking the jars in the uh, big pot, the canning pot, it's, it's common to have a little bit of leakage of some juice in the water. So it's kind of like a sticky water that the cans are, are processing in. So when you pull these can, the jars out, they have some of that residue on them. It's peach juice, it's sugar, and it's 
whatever else is in that, you know, whatever else is, <laughs> any <laughs> microorganisms that weigh out, I don't know. Right. But they're on the outside of the jar. Now you can't see them. You right. can feel them. It's kind of sticky. And so if I, and I did this, I admit one of the early years, I said, well, they look fine. Mm. And I put them away. And when I started to pull peaches out, maybe like November, you know, when your fresh fruit's kind of done around here, I was like, oh my gosh, the jar has a fuzz on the Oh outside. my. <laughs> oh, like fuzzy peaches. It's just not cool. Now the inside was fine because yeah. it was all sealed. It was done. Mm, but mm. because I had decided that I didn't need to really clean off the sticky jar, and it, some of them didn't feel sticky. I mm. just felt sticky. So therefore, mm. I thought the jar was fine. Yeah. I, blamed, I blamed it on me. Um, <laughs> the, the residue didn't affect the inside, but it affected the outside. And, mm. and, and what we know is what you don't deal with grows. That's right. And when it was just put away, like what I don't see is not growing, it actually was growing. And it was awful. I remember telling um, my husband, go, go grab me a thing of peaches for our guests. Mm. And he, he's like, can you come down here? And I'm like, just bring the peaches <laughs> upstairs. He's like, what is this? There's no. like fuzz on the jar. Oh. But here, here's how I started thinking about God. You were always teaching me through stuff that I'm doing, through object lessons. He said, you know, when you come out of fiery times, times of heating and, and pressure, and, and, I, and I would say, yeah, and I forgave. I forgave mm. them in the process who were saying things that wounded me. And I was keeping my heart clean along mm. that way. I get through that, and I'm in that settling and reflective time. I have found, and maybe you have, that the enemy likes to visit me in that place mm. and just whisper in my ear, wow, I can't believe they did that to you. Mm-hmm. And like, wait a minute, I already forgave this. I already took care of this. But yeah, you're right. I can't believe they did that. It wasn't a heart issue until I started listening to the enemy. Yep. And that's like the residue. Yep. Right? And so it's not like I had to redo all this canning process again. I'm already clean on the inside, but I have a choice. And I recognize the enemy trying to drag me back mm. into something that's not healthy. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. That was mm -hmm. not right what they did. Thank you, Jesus, that I've already mm -hmm. forgiven. I've washed that away. Mm -hmm. So this final step of hot, soapy water, each jar gets scrubbed on the outside carefully. And I say carefully because if you... Do a quick dip, you know you're gonna yeah. have fuzz. you're gonna have fuzz. Yeah. And so it's that it's that resettling time. It's revisiting. Is anything is trying to remain on me that that was put on put on my my heart in the midst of the hard time? God, remove all of it. It's mm -hmm. all about being clean. Mm -hmm. Psalm one thirty nine. We read it last week. Twenty three mm -hmm. and twenty four. God, search me. Mm. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. It's all about staying clean. Amen. It really is. And, and you know, true change starts on the inside. Absolutely. And we see the reflection of it on the outside. So I find it very interesting that even in the canning process, the peaches were dealt with on the inside and the last thing that was taken care of is the outside. I think so many times as um, maybe moms or dads, uh, teachers or whatever it may be, whatever our, our part in life is, 
we look at other people, I'll just say moms, right? We look at our kids, they've got something they need to work out on the outside, a behavior, something that they're getting into that they don't need to be into. It's so easy, and, and we kind of mentioned this earlier, but it's so easy to pray for that, that thing that they'll stop doing X or they'll be drawn to Y, whatever it might be. But the truth is, the real cry is for a heart change. Yes. Right? Because when the heart changes, the actions will follow. And so while we certainly want to see behaviors line up, it is it is crucial in those moments to really go back to the 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 place it all began and pray for the heart change. So David certainly was a man who was after God's own heart, right? And here we we find him at the at the end of his life. You know, he's lived a long, amazing productive, God-honoring life, um, called a man after God's own heart, and he was changed from the inside out. If we look at, at his journey, and I think we could do this, maybe it's in your journal somewhere, maybe it's in mine, we could all do this, like God took me from uh, a this to a that, right? David would write, oh, I was a shepherd, and God made me uh, a musician in the palace, right? I, I'm a warrior. I was a man on the run trying to fight people who are trying to take my life. And instead, now I'm the leader of the Israel army, you know, going out to take down the enemies of the nation. And, and he ended up king of all of Israel. I just have to think that he would have reflected back on the same way that I look at his long list of was and now M, and I'm pretty uh, impressed or exhausted by it. And I look at my own and I say, wow, God, regardless of where I am, and, and there are places that I still want to be, I can look back and say, I was X and now I'm this. You know, That's God right. is constantly transitioning us. But David was called a man after God's ho own heart, which really trumps them all, right? It trumps king of Israel. It trumps warrior. It trumps man on the run. It trumps shepherd. Man after God's own heart is what God was seeking, and everything else was a result that he was a man after God's own heart, that God allowed him to go through all those things. How many battles did he fight, Deb? I mean, we could we could list them. Battles, overtaking enemies, taking down one giant led to multiple battles where he slayed, what, 10,000, the people said, as, the, as they sang. Uh, he returned the Ark of the Covenant, like we talked about last time. He brought the presence of God back to Jerusalem. How that must have pleased the Father, you know, that that was his heart, that was his desire. And then God had given David a, a covenant, right? A promise that God does not break. God does not break promises, and he's a covenant-keeping God. He gave David a covenant that David's son would be the one to build the temple for the Ark of the Covenant, which housed the presence of God. We talked about last time, David really wanted to be the one who built that temple, but God said, no, it's going to be your son. And David submitted to it, right? He collected everything so that his son could do the purpose that he was called to do. I can't, I can't um, imagine how he must have felt sitting back, reflecting all that, all that stuff on the outside, like you're just saying, that God had allowed him to journey through and how that had changed him on the inside. He sure, he finished strong. And that's what, that's what we're shooting for too, for God to say, well done. Amen. Good and faithful servant. Now, at the end of the day, with all our peaches, mom and I look at each other and we kind of, you know, high five or hug. And it's one of those well done moments. There's always mm. a picture. There's the token picture of Marge and Deb standing by all the jars, looking happy <laughs> and exhausted and happy, but proud. Yeah. Right. It was it was a great day. 
and and we and the end product is something that I'm able to share with other people. Um, I would say that I would be able to pass it down to other generations, although we eat them before <laughs> the next generations would have them. But it's just a thought, just a comment. This is kind of off the side. This is something I have done with my mom since I was a kid. And what I start, I had to start canning peaches with my mom when I was younger because she told me to. Mm. And And I definitely didn't ever see myself canning a peach after I was out of the house. Wow. Uh, probably because of having to peel it a certain way. But <laughs> we, we blanched them now. We're over that. But, you know, I, I looked at I looked at all those years, and there was a lot of great discussion that took place along the journey, you know, from parent to child. Uh, there have been other women that my mom has brought under her wing. They're not her children. Some were her peers, and she's taught mm. them how to do this. Mm. There have been a number of other women in my life who we have brought in to can peaches in my house mm. and so as uh, women you know just trying to encourage the next generations and other women i think uh, there's a lost art of doing things together mm-hmm. absolutely uh, doing life together but doing things like this not a, not, not everybody's going to can peaches right it is as you're probably like man after hearing all this stuff i'm definitely not canning peaches <laughs> But what is it in your family that you want to preserve, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, an activity that you want to say, hey, this is grandma's special bread, yep. right? That you would continue tradition. And there is so much that, that the Lord is always teaching us through practical examples. I mean, you look at bread making and whether it's canning or different sauces, all our Italian moms out there, right? Yep. There, there is there is a lot that the Holy Spirit can teach you about the process of growing closer to the Lord through what you are doing with your hands in a kitchen. So don't look at it as like, oh, this is the most painstaking job in the world. Why don't you ask the Lord, what can I do to pour into my kids and my grandchildren? Teach them a family skill and teach the, just teach how the Lord works in these different ways in our own lives. You'll see it. You'll start, if you start looking through uh, with his lens at these activities in the kitchen, it's shocking yes. how many parallels you can draw and what, you know, it talks about in the Old Testament as and all the ways you go, whether you're rising or sitting or walking. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Teach the word. Yes. And this is just, this is just a perfect example of being able to teach life lessons, focus on truths in the word of God, but while you're doing something that is in the kitchen. It's, yep. you know, cooking peaches is not a spiritual experience. Although now I think you would beg to differ. Yes, I think we've shown that, yes. You no, know, and that's what, that's our goal is let's pass the <clears throat> baton to the next generation, not only of these family development life skills, right? But of these truths, pass Absolutely. the truth, the word of God doesn't fail and what you plant in the hearts of your family and your friends will grow and it doesn't return void. It continues out in the matter that you sent it. So let's, it's a new way of looking at some of the most mundane tasks of life. Absolutely. You know, that final picture when you and your mom or whoever's canning with you, um, when we see that on Facebook or we see that, you know, just you share it through a text stream of you and all your peaches and they're canned and you're smiling, that, that snapshot doesn't tell the whole picture 
no <laughs> of the journey no right and so i think that there's just a great opportunity there too for us as we're thinking about you know showing grace to other people uh putting ourselves out there like you said it's one thing just to show the snapshot it's another thing to say come be a part of the picture with me oh gosh you know yeah. and let me show you how it how it goes so no i i totally agree with you all of these lessons are things that we are to be passing down to the generations that come behind us and um, not only has this month inspired me, I, ha I have to say that my peach recipe that I always make and possibly will post on Facebook is um, my peach upside down cake. And I make it in an old cast iron skillet and I love that cake. But it has inspired me to try new things with peaches during this uh, season. I've appreciated each one of these lessons. I've learned a lot about peaches. I've learned a lot about the father. I've learned a lot about David. And I think we have all learned about the truth that God reveals to us deep, deep deep lessons in the seemingly mean uh, things that we do every day, right? The, the menial tasks that we go through. Candy peaches can certainly teach us a lot about how Jesus loves us and takes care of us and shepherds us. So we want to thank you so much uh, for being with us on this part of our journey. It has been a sweet, sweet journey. Um, I hope that there is a, a lesson in here that has just really stuck out to you. I think, honestly, I'm going to go back and even listen to them myself because I think that God continues to speak to us when his word is spoken in different ways in different seasons. And I know uh, we continue to change and grow. So we're excited for what is next. We'll share that with you next time. Uh, next Monday, our next episode of Beyond the Building uh, will be live. And we just want to thank you so much for being part of this journey. If you have a friend who would like to join the journey with us, we'd love to have uh, be able to share with them as well. So thank you so much for being a part. Enjoy your peaches. Uh, keep Let's keep our hearts uh, clean and pure before the Lord as we serve him faithfully. Uh, so God bless you, and thanks for being a part of today. Thanks, everybody. We believe that God will use what was shared to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more.